0: Welcome back to Breaking Up with Michaela Samantri. That's me, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about breaking up, relationship advice, dating stories, and personal stories about some of the worst breakups, most embarrassing, or cringiest breakups of all time. So thank you for joining us today, and let's get started. Welcome back to today's episode. So today I have a guest with me. This is Savannah. Hi. Now, Savannah and I connected, I think about a year ago via YouTube, if yep. I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you left a comment on one of my videos about kind of like recreating a similar video idea over on your channel. Yes. Um, yeah. And then I think just like one thing led to another. We started following each other on Instagram, and here we are today. Here we are. (laughs) Now, before we get started, did you want to take a moment just to introduce
1: yourself? Um, Yes, I'd love to. Well, my name is Savannah, and I am an Aries star and a Cancer moon with a Leo rising. I know you're into astrology as well. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I am married to my husband, Michael. We were both born and raised in San Diego, and we now live in Virginia because my husband is in the Navy, and the Navy brought us here, and we have one daughter, Brynn. She was born at home here in Virginia, and I am a spiritual, earthy mama who I usually tread on the path less traveled, and then I like to share what I learned via YouTube or Instagram or just Sharing it with my friends. Um, In San Diego, I was a licensed cosmetologist, but with becoming a mom and unlearning so many things I was taught and thought about being a woman and a mother, my focus right now is surrounded by living a natural, toxic free life as much as possible. And yeah. That's awesome. I think that's great.
0: And I love that you share so much of it online too, because. I've learned a lot through just simple Instagram stories that you've shared or anything like that. It's really awesome.
1: <laughs>
0: I wanted to touch back on you and your husband Michael. Mm-hmm. So you guys are both from San Diego? Yes. That's so cool. My parents actually lived there cuz my dad was in the Navy as well. Yes, so they I lived out
1: cool on that. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were um, out there when my mom was 18 to about 20 before they moved back to Minnesota. Um, most like just about right before they had me. <laughs> so I was so close to being a California baby.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Is it hard living far away from San Diego now?
1: Um, it's definitely hard in the aspect that I don't have like my mom to go and have babysit Brynn and stuff like that, and that we have to travel across country for her to see her family. Um, But no, we really did want to get away from our hometown and we don't have any plans to go back.
0: (laughs) Um, How long have you and Michael been together?
1: Um, Together, we'll be celebrating five years um, this May, but we've been married for two. Okay, Uh, how did you guys meet? We actually met on Twitter. Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) How did that happen?
1: So we have a mutual friend. Her name is Bailey, and she would totally not care that I'm using her name. She will probably listen to this podcast. Um, But so Bailey is our mutual friend, and so both of us followed her on Twitter, but we didn't follow each other. We didn't know each other. We went to separate high schools and met outside of high school. Um. And I was actually tweeting our friend Bailey, and so our conversation appeared for him, and he saw my like profile picture, and I guess thought I was cute, <laughs> and so <he laughs> started following me. And like a couple days later, he slid in the DMs. <laughs> yeah. We were 19 years old, um, slid oh. out room, and um, he was like, "Hey, I think you're really beautiful." Um, I would love to hang out sometime and like take you out on a date. And I was just like, Thank you, with an explanation point. And then I went and looked at his profile and I was like, Oh wait, he's cute. <laughs> so really? I went back to the messages and I just sent him like a smiley face, like like, oh I forgot to put the smiley face. And Aww. yeah, and that's how we met.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's so cute and like very um modern.
1: Sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not many people meet on Twitter when I tell people that they're like you mean Tinder I'm like no Twitter <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> so you guys did you grow up in the same area and just not know it
1: because it no. sounds like you're both from yeah yeah we grew up we both grew up in I guess you could call it like the suburbs of San Diego um and so our high schools were like right down the road from each other essentially so Um, Like, our high schools, like, partied together whatever. Like, everyone kind of knew each other. It was a small town. Um, And so, like, even today, like, we'll be telling stories, and he'll say someone's name. And I'm like, I know that person. (laughs) And so, yeah, we know a lot of the same people, and we have a lot of the same friends. um, But we never knew each other. And, yeah, and so that was the, like, first time I ever even, like, heard of him was when he, like, messaged me on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He had never heard of me, nothing. It was just, we just saw each other on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Love at first tweet. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's really special too, when you find someone who can like relate to where you come from and your upbringing, but still like have a chance to get to know you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you guys met on Twitter and you dated, obviously you're married now. Mm -hmm. I, I have to ask, how did he propose?
1: oh okay so when Michael proposed um I was doing hair and so I worked all the time <laughs> and like <laughs> I was going to work from like 9 a.m to 9 p.m like five days a week and so he kind of had to schedule dates with me because I had to like mark the time off in my schedule and so Christmas was coming up It was, it was December and he told me that he was giving me a gift for Christmas that like, so he couldn't tell me what it was, but that I needed to take December 29th off, um, that I needed to like, not, not work that day because something was going to happen that day. And I was like, okay. And I thought nothing of it. I was like, it's going to be a Christmas present. This is cool. (laughs) So for Christmas, he gave me this like envelope and it said that we were going on this gondola ride, um in Coronado California on the 29th so that was why I had marked off but it was it wasn't until the afternoon so I had the whole day off so I went and got my hair done I got my nails done <laughs> I full advantage of this day off and thank god I did because he had my friend hiding in the bushes to take pictures oh um <laughs> and yeah so he made this big deal that we had to leave like so early to go to this gondola ride. And I was like, we're going to be there in 20 minutes. And he's like, there's going to be traffic. We have to leave an hour before. (laughs) And I I was like, really, we're going to be there so early, but okay. And we get there and there's a little park across the street and we were so early, like I said, and he was like, oh, let's just go walk around that park. Let's go look at the water and like take pictures. And I was like, okay. And so we're walking and he told me to like turn around and he took a picture of me and what I didn't know he was doing was posting on his Instagram story this photo of me and he said last photo of her as my girlfriend and um and then he was like oh like walk that way like I want to take a picture of you like walking away and I was like okay and I started walking away and and then I turned around like after a couple minutes because I was like okay where is he (laughs) and he was (laughs) I thought he was like tying a shoe or something and so I went back over to him and then he looked up at me and I realized he was down on one knee for both and I was like oh my goodness and and my friend got all these pictures of it and then so then we were engaged and then we took the, the next picture and posted to a story like and first picture of her as my fiance." Um, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, and then we went on the gondola ride, which was beautiful. It was at sunset, and, but he brought wine and cheese, and we ate that on the, on the gondola. And then after that, we went out to a fancy dinner on the um, water in San Diego and had steak and lobster, and it was a wonderful night.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds perfect. At what? Yeah. At any point, did you see it coming, the proposal?
1: no but looking back now there was so like just the fact that it was that he planned it um like I guess you know like I should have seen that he told me to mark it off and there was one time when I he kept his laptop in like his pants drawer um I don't know why he was like always doing that and So one time I needed to go on the laptop, so I went and I opened his pants drawer and I took the laptop out and I was sitting on the bed on the laptop and, like, I always do. And he came in the room and he saw me and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, I'm on the laptop. And he's like, like, no, don't, don't go in there anymore. And I was like, what? Okay, sorry. And he, like, closed the drawer. So then after he proposed he told me that he had put the ring in the pant drawer as well <laughs> in like <laughs> a pocket in a pair of his pants and I was like oh <laughs> maybe not inside <laughs> everything is in your pants drawer <laughs> I'm surprised time. that I didn't notice that
0: <laughs> yeah that's funny did you guys ever talk about getting engaged like beforehand
1: yes um I knew I knew that he was gonna propose like eventually, um but because he had asked me to go ring shopping with him, and he took me to like five different jewelry stores and just told me to like pick out a ring at every store and um and I did that, and he did get he got me the ring that I got like most excited about it case something I've been down for, he did get that ring um. And so when he proposed, I was like, oh, my God, it was that ring. <laughs> like, I was so excited. Um, So when he t- asked me to go ring shopping with him, my husband is very slow. Um, he is very know, <laughs> He takes his time. He's very patient. So when he asked me to go ring shopping with him, to me, that meant, like, in a year and a half. <laughs> like, he's very I thought he just wanted to see, like, the prices and see how it all works I had no idea that it meant like he was going back like that next week and buying a ring <laughs> which Aww. is really how it um ended up happening and like it was literally like the next month he proposed and I did not see that coming at all <laughs> <laughs> well that's
0: that's exciting I feel like I would definitely want to be surprised more mm-hmm. than like seeing it come in coming definitely <clears throat> yeah uh did you guys have a long engagement before your wedding
1: um, it was, um, like exactly a year.
0: Okay. I I feel like that's a good amount of time.
1: Yeah. Um, he proposed on December 29th and then we got married on December 30th the following year.
0: Nice. Is it, what's it like having your anniversary and the holidays or do you celebrate Christmas
1: and all of that? Um, yes, we do celebrate Christmas. Okay. Um, and Um, I, I love our anniversary. We planned it on the 30th because we figure like when we're older and our children (laughs) are older and like, like in high school doing their own thing, um, me and him can go away for our anniversary. And then the next day is New Year's Eve and it'll be like this really fun weekend and we can take like really fun, like weekend trips together. Um, and far enough, like after Christmas that like we can still have Christmas with our family and then go take like a party weekend. (laughs) just. (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: smart I like that you're planning ahead (laughs) for when all the kids are grown up
1: (laughs) I have have five-year 10-year 20-year plans
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's great Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask too and then I kind of like jumped ahead but back to meeting on Twitter
1: Mm -hmm. what was
0: it what was it like meeting in real life
1: after connecting on a platform um, okay, well, right before we met, I was so nervous, because he was gonna come, come to my house, I still lived at home, like I said, we were 19, Um, I still lived at home, and I was, he was gonna come to my house, and like, pick me up, and we were gonna go to the beach, and the beach was like, 30 minutes from my house, like I said, we lived in the suburbs, and um, so that was gonna be 30 minutes in a car with a guy that I like, just met, <laughs> <laughs> like, like conversation. And I'm highly introverted and highly anxious. And, yeah, my internal audio was going off the chain there. Um, <laughs> so I was super nervous. But when I saw him, like, when he actually, like, showed up, he was – it was so easy. And it is the first interaction I've ever had in my life um, that was, like, a first moment, like, as a highly anxious person that was easy. Um And it was just, like, once I saw him, it was, like, on a, I'm very spiritual, and on a spiritual level, it was, like, my spirit recognized his spirit, and it was just easy. And he just walked up, and he shook my dad's hand, and introduced himself, and then, like, introduced himself to me, and then we were, like, okay, let's go, and we got in the car, and he just was so easy to talk to, he kept starting conversations, and there was never an awkward moment, and... It was just easy.
0: <laughs> I think that's such a good sign. Yeah. Especially, like, as someone who also has anxiety and, and is introverted, when someone takes all of that worry away from you and you don't right. even have to think about it, like, that's saying something.
1: Like, you feel at home.
0: Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's so sweet, too, that he, like, got to meet your parents or at least your dad right yeah. away. Mm-hmm. oh.
1: Yeah, I was a little nervous because I'm not typically the type that likes them to meet my parent, family. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Um, so that, I was a little nervous about that too, like that, like my first impression was also my dad's first impression. Um, But I mean, it couldn't have gone better.
0: Yeah, obviously it all worked
1: out. Yeah, and my my dad and my husband are like best friends to this day. So. Yeah, so it definitely it worked out. It was good. <laughs>
0: What are some of your favorite memories or like vacations or adventures with Michael?
1: <clears throat> so, one of my favorite memories is a really early memory with him. Um, and it's kind of an embarrassing story, but I'm gonna share it because I think it's also <laughs> just so sweet and just describes my husband's character so much. Um, we were, <sighs> I think, <the>, younger yeah, <laughs> we than 21, I think we were like 20. Um and we I lived I had moved out of my parents' house and I lived um with a roommate by the beach and we were going back to our hometown to a rodeo and because <laughs> that's the kind of hometown we had <laughs> and we went to the rodeo with a group of our friends and a group of like a group of our friends and he was going to be the DD <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I was getting drunk <laughs> and we were partying at this rodeo and afterwards we went to an after party at one of his friends houses and they were like oh well since since he's not drinking you got to drink for him and i got trashed <laughs> and <laughs> so i'm trashed and michael's driving all of our all of our friends home and me home and so i'm you know the last one obviously it's me and him and he takes us through in and out and we're in the in and out drive through and I start sneezing and something about me is that sneezing is a pet peeve of mine. Like I, it's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I know it's a personal problem, but I hate sneezing when other people do it. I hate sneezing when I do it. And when I'm repetitively sneezing, it drives me insane. And so I start, we're in drive-thru and in and out drive-thrus are crazy. We're right in the middle. So there's nowhere we can go. And I start sneezing. And. Oh no. I was like I need, I need to blow my nose. I need to blow my nose, and I'm so drunk. And he's like, "Savannah, like when we get up there, I'll get you some napkins, and you can blow your nose." And I was like, "No, like," and I start crying. Remember, I'm so drunk. I start oh. crying, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I need to blow my nose right now. Like it's so important. I need to stop sneezing. <laughs> and he, bless my husband's heart, he ripped his sleeve off. Oh my god! And handed it to me, and he's like, "Here you go, blow your nose." <laughs> and I, I blew, I blew my nose into his shirt, and I gave it back to him, like the little classy lady I was. <laughs> <laughs> Got me my in and out. He took me home. I had one bite of in and out, and I ran to the bathroom and started throwing up. And he like runs in there, taking care of me. He like washes my face, like washes all my makeup off, puts me in bed with water. And the next morning I wake up and I'm like, what happened last night? (laughs) And and he's like, oh, nothing. It was so much fun. Like we had in and out. Everything was great. And I was like, what? I was like, no, I think something happened in the drive-thru. I'm like, I remember (laughs) crying. And he's like, and then he told me and he showed me a shirt. He ripped the sleeve off and everything. And. I love that memory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, every time I think about that night, I'm just like, never have I ever dated a man that just would do anything for me. And like, that was just such a simple thing, but I just have never met anyone that would literally like rip a piece of their clothing off just to help someone out when I've always yeah. it was just so sweet and that he didn't just brush me off and be like, oh, my God, Santa, you're so drunk, like, you're so dramatic. And he didn't turn it into something. He was just like, okay, here you go, blow your nose. And then the next morning, he wasn't, like, making fun of me for it. He wasn't holding it over my head. It was just, like, health. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, you picked a good one. a good man. (laughs) Yeah. What's his zodiac sign?
1: He is a cancer.
0: Okay. Yeah. So is he very – caring and he's stuff because caring. of that yes yeah.
1: he's very caring he's very emotional um <laughs> he's a water sign and like I said I'm an Aries and so I'm very fire and um I'm an Aries star and my rising is is fire as well so I'm all fire and he just is so mellow and just the, we're the perfect match in the sense that he lets me just be all fire and be all crazy and he just like sits there <laughs> and like chills and he he like enjoys the show I guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the there to, like keep me grounded when I need it and then he's also there like when I because emotionally I'm a cancer I'm a cancer moon and so we share the same sense of emotions and we're both very sensitive people and so we get each other on that level as well.
0: That's nice. Yeah. Have you guys um taken any of the personality tests or like love language quizzes at all
1: yes we he actually has read the love languages twice he read it we read it once together a couple years ago like in the beginning of our relationship and then he actually just took it with him on his deployment he's deployed right now and um he just read it again because he said he wanted to like re <laughs> re-up him his knowledge on the love languages <laughs> gone and stuff because we have the military version that talks about like how to how to handle it being gone um mm-hmm. but yeah my love language is definitely acts of service and physical touch and his is physical touch and quality time
0: okay nice I always think it's so helpful just knowing how your partner like needs love received or to mm-hmm. show it yeah it's so interesting yeah
1: it really is cool. Because so many of us think we're showing our partners so much love because we love them the way we want to be loved. And so oftentimes, that's not how they receive love. And if you just figured out their love language, you could make a re- relationship work that otherwise wouldn't have worked.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And there have been so many instances where I've had to like learn that or go through it and kind of adjust how I am showing my partner love to help yeah. them. Same. yeah yeah so it's been yeah, really like great
1: because mine is um acts of service so I'll be like doing all this like I'll be putting his laundry away because we we share house chores when he's home like down the middle like he will do laundry and put my laundry away or I'll do laundry and put his laundry away or <laughs> I'll do the dishes I'll do the dishes like there's it's so equal but so when I do something for him sometimes I'm like I'm doing an act of service for him he's gonna feel so loved and he like he does, he appreciates me, but he's just like, oh, that's cool. But like, can we just hang out? <laughs> <Can> <laughs> just stop cleaning and we just hang out because, because his love language is quality time. And I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like sometimes I have to <laughs> trying to do stuff for him and just like be with him.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I get that. And for someone that might not be as familiar with um, deployment and being in the Navy, what is that schedule like for you as a couple like how often is he home or away,
1: and all of that? Well, um, he's been gone out to sea, so he's on deployment. He's like like floating in the ocean doing stuff. I don't know what they do out there. Uh, <laughs> and, um, he's been gone since January, and I don't know when he'll come home. Um, but it should be sometime this summer. So he'll be gone for around like six to nine months, somewhere like that, and. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see him this summer, Um, and then when they are home, when they're pretty much gone, like, every couple months or every couple weeks for, like, a couple weeks at a time, um, I am lucky. My husband has a computer job on the ship, so I get to hear from my husband every single day via, like, Um, mail or Facebook Messenger. Um, There's no, like, cell phones or anything, mm -hmm. but... Um, so I do get to hear from him every day, which is, um, uncommon. Most women hear or, and men hear from their partners like once a week. And it's usually only like a couple emails here and there. Um, so I do get to have full conversations with Michael every day.
0: Yeah, that is very lucky. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have like a good support system at home? I can't even Mm -hmm. like begin to imagine how difficult that can be at times.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, it's hard out here, but, um, I do have, I have created a circle out here and I do have a good support system out here in Virginia. And then, um, I'm really lucky that I have such good friendships in San Diego that a lot of them come and visit me and come and help me and my parents come and visit. Um, so I'm, I'm lucky that I do have a good support system.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I remember when, um, I discovered, I was like, a young kid but i discovered this huge storage bin full of letters in my parents closet and it was like huge um and i realized that those are all the letters that they wrote every single day to each other when my dad was on the ship um because okay. yeah this was back in like the probably the early 90s mm-hmm. and um obviously with technology and not having like cell phones or email and all of that they would just write every single day back and forth um for however long he was away and they still have it and I think it's so sweet and very like um like the notebook movie-esque where he has all those
1: letters it's just yeah I love it. So I have a shadow box in our bedroom that is full of letters that we wrote each other um Aww. when he was in boot camp um that was I think it was like six weeks or something. And they're like in boot camp, like they don't have a cell, like his cell phone was literally Mm like mailed home in a box to me. So I had his cell phone. Um, We were just writing letters and um, I, he saved every single one he got and I saved every single one I got and I tied them up with like twine and put them in a shadow box. And um, he had actually, before he left for boot camp, had pre-set up so that flowers would get delivered to me like every couple weeks while he was when I was at the salon. And so I saved the little like cards that came with the flowers and put that in the shadow box. And he also went on some app and set up text messages to be sent to me also periodically. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, um, and so I would like, I printed out some of the like sweet text messages that would come in like on holidays he was missing and put that in the shadow box so I'm excited for one day for Brynn to like go through the letters and just read like the way her her dad talks to her mom and like how I talked to him and because they were really yeah. Sweet letters
0: yeah that's very sweet and it's your guys's love story oh so that's goodness. awesome that someday your daughter will be able to yeah, see that exactly yeah oh that's such a cute idea too with the shadow box and twine sounds mm-hmm. very
1: cute <laughs> on pinterest of course <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> um well i want to get more into some of your dating stories but before we do let's take a quick break and we'll be right back this podcast wouldn't be made possible without listeners like you and if you want to get more involved to help support the show you can go to anchor.fm and click the support button It only takes a couple seconds, but your donation can really help sustain the future of this podcast. So if you want to support the show and get more involved, consider becoming a listener supporter today. In case you didn't know, this podcast officially has merch. If you like the Breaking Up podcast logo, then you'll love the hoodies, t-shirts, Phone cases mugs socks like you name it that we have available for purchase I felt super inspired by my creation of the logo with the hand squeezing the heart that I wanted to make some collections of merchandise so definitely check it out I tried really hard to design something for everyone so there are a lot of options colors sizes styles we have pastels we have an after dark collection of just all black with white text and logo for more of a minimal or emo vibe, which I love. Some have the logo printed small and subtle, and other pieces have it in the middle. I just really tried to find something that anyone and everyone could enjoy. Definitely check it out and see for yourself. You can shop the breaking up merchandise at teespring.com/store/michaela-samonti or I know it's a lot easier to just click a link, so that will be in the podcast description as well. You can also find it on my YouTube channel as well, and even on the podcast's Instagram at breakingup_podcast in the description of that account. I have a coupon code for you listeners, too, so if you use the code BREAKINGUP in all caps, you'll receive 15% off of your total purchase. This is another great way to show your support of the podcast. Even if you just give it a glance, I'd really appreciate it, so go check out my merch. Hi, everyone. Real quick, before we get into part two of this podcast, I wanted to jump on and make a quick little trigger warning, I guess, because Savannah and I will dive into some very serious topics regarding abuse in a relationship. So, if that is something that is a very sensitive topic to you personally, I just wanted to preface this by saying that we do talk about some pretty dark and heavy stuff in this podcast episode. We also touch on Um, depression and suicide in context to being in an abusive relationship. I think this is a wonderful episode and definitely a topic that I'm so grateful she felt comfortable sharing and hopefully can help people who are listening. But it only felt right to give a quick warning before diving into those topics. Also, I wanted to point out that while we were virtually recording this episode together, we did lose connection a few times. So if some of the edits seem like a quick cut or a rough jump in between sentences, it is probably when we lost connection. This episode was a little harder to edit just because some of the sentences cut off abruptly when we lost connection, but I still think it turned out great. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. So I hope that you enjoy this podcast episode. All right, and we're back. So, Savannah, do you have any crazy dating stories you'd like to share?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> do I ever? No, well, um, crazy, I guess. My craziest dating story would be that I was in an abusive relationship for five and a half years. Um, and it did come to a point where he did try and kill me. And I, I survived. Here I am. Um, But no, I actually, I got into the relationship when I was 13 years old. He was a little older than me. Um, Like, I think he was like 14, 15, like literally like just around my age. Um, And we, so we dated for a little bit of middle school and all of high school. And he was very abusive. Um, Physically, he would hurt me. (laughs) He would beat me up and emotionally abusive, and sexually abusive, and it went on for years, and it came to a point where a girl at my high school yelled that she slept with him, like, through the hallway at me at break, and it was super embarrassing. Um, At the time, I thought for her, and then afterwards, I was like, wait, why didn't he say anything? So I confronted him about it, and he he admitted it. He was just like, "Yeah, I did. I did sleep with her. Sorry." <laughs> and and just started crying and like begging for me to stay with him and and I I had to go to work. I remember like we were in his apartment, like in his parents' apartment in his bedroom and I just needed to go to work and Um, I left and I just kind of felt numb and didn't know how to feel. And at this time he had been, at this time I was a junior in high school and he had been abusing me for years, like beating the crap out of me, um, sexually abusing me, physically abusing me and emotionally abusing me that like, I just felt so numb. And then when I really thought about it, I didn't care and I didn't want to be with him. And so I I was like, this is perfect. This is my out. I'm going to take this. So the following day after school, I told him to come over. My parents both worked late. And I told him to come over and we would talk. And my plan was that I would, you know, give him closure, break up with him. And then he would leave. And that would be that. <laughs> but what actually happened was he came over and we started talking and I told him that I didn't want to be with him anymore and that I was done. And he just flipped and he turned around and grabbed, we were kind of like in the living room next to my kitchen and my family's house. And he turned around and grabbed a huge knife out of the like knife block and lunged at me. I was on the couch and had it like pressed up against my throat. He was like, so crazy, like, crying and screaming at me and telling me that he was going to kill me and that, like, if if I was going to leave him, then, then he was going to kill me. And so I just went into, like, protection mode, I guess, and just said, okay, okay, I'll stay with you. I'll be with you. Like, please don't kill me. Um, yeah. and, and then he just, like, was a different person. Then he just, like, took a step back and he was all calm, and he put the knife down, and he's like, okay, and I was like, okay, and I was like, okay, well, you should leave, because my (laughs) parents are going to be home soon, and he left, and I called this woman that I worked with, and, um, in the restaurant that I worked at at the time. I was just a hostess and I had confided in her. She was the only person that I confided in about this relationship because I did think that he was going to kill me. I did, um, really believe that he was probably going to kill me one day. And so I had created a, a file on my computer, um, like in my email that I was saving proof that he was abusing me. And I, I told this lady that, you know, if anything ever happened, you need to tell my parents that everything is on everything they need to know is on my email. And so I call her right after he left my house. And, and I was telling her what happened. And she's like, you need to, you need to get out, you need to leave now, like, or it's gonna just, it's gonna be bad, Savannah. And I was like, you're right. And so when he, when he would get home, he would text me an apology because that's this is the way that an abuser's mind works in in this circle. And um, he would text me this full apology about how he's so sorry that he tried to kill me and it won't happen again. But, and that's basically what I was saving. He would text me an apology and he would always admit what he did. So I always had all this proof of what he did because he would admit it. And so- oh just like every time, he went home and he texted me that he was sorry for trying to kill me and he basically wrote out, written out what he did. And so I texted him back and I said, "Listen, I have that text message you literally just sent to me and I'm going to go to the police and get a restraining order and report you or we can just break up and you can just walk away, like let me go, like never talk again." clean breakup and I won't go to the police. I will delete the text message. And um, he started blackmailing me with something that I'm, I'm not going to say on the podcast, but it was something that was very serious to me and something that would be very serious for someone in my family. And so after that moment, I stayed for another three years um, wow. and it just got worse from there. Because at that point, he knew the only reason that I was staying was because he was blackmailing me. And there was no relationship anymore. It was just that he controlled me at that point. And so the abuse got worse, like in all aspects. And it was really terrible for a while. And there was times when I um, wanted to kill myself and I did contemplate suicide. um, But... I feel like the universe really had my back and would just bring me out of that like time and time again and it and I remember like one time like really getting low and then just all of a sudden just thinking like no like he's not going to win like I'm going to get out of this relationship and I'm going to move on with my life and I'm going to win <laughs> and um okay. so I just kept pushing on like waiting for I didn't know what um until one day um, my grandma died, and he prevented me from like saying goodbye to her when I had the chance and It was kind of like my last straw with him and so I was spending the night at his house one night i was we were graduated high school I was in beauty school at Paul Mitchell in San Diego, and I was spending the night at his house I was eighteen years old and in the middle of the night, I remember I got woken up at like 2am and he was going to the bathroom. He like had gotten out of bed and it woke me up and he left his phone in the bed and just saw, I didn't have a plan. I never knew it was going to happen like this, but I just something came over me and I grabbed his phone and I like factory reset it. And um and he and I was like shaking and he came back in the room and he's like, What are you doing? And it like was literally on the screen that said like welcome to iPhone like I erased oh my god erased the entire thing. And he was like, What are you doing? And I just stood up. It was like two AM. I stood up and I said, You have nothing on me anymore. I am leaving. Do not touch me. I will scream. I will call the police let me go. And I grabbed my bag, walked out of that house, walked to my car, like shaking and just drove home. I got home and it was like two thirty, And my parents are like, what, like what's going on? And I told them like that he, everything that, cause they were in the dark. They had no idea. I had been lying for so long, like making it look like he was this great guy. Um, And that was a part of what made it like so hard for me to finally be like, none of it's true. Like he's terrible. Um, Uh But I just I told them everything. And, you know, from then on, my dad was like, stepped in and told him basically that he would kill him if he ever tried to talk to me again. Um, And, and I was free. And it was it was an amazing feeling. It was not a breakup at all. I didn't mourn the loss of the relationship. I didn't cry. I didn't feel heartbreak. I just like felt like this huge weight lifted off my shoulders and like I was just free to like live my life for the first time since I was 13 years old.
0: Wow. That's such a crazy story. Yeah. Do you think because it started when you were so young that a lot of it was um what's the word? Like you didn't know that it maybe was abusive because you were so young. Yeah. And that's why
1: I think that I like, don't know when it started because he was really like my first relationship. I I mean, I had like a, like a boyfriend, I guess (laughs) when I was younger, but no, he was like my first relationship. And so I, I didn't know. And I was so empty and I had no self love. And he just like came in and like controlled me and what I thought was protecting me at some point and and then I think once it became physical I was like wait what's happening and I'm not the I'm not the stereotypical woman who is abused like I come from a home that wasn't broken my parents were married and my dad didn't cheat my dad didn't hit my mom um My brother is a great man. Like, he doesn't cheat. He doesn't hit his wife. Like, I had strong male role models, and it's still, I still was in a crazy abusive relationship. So, like, I think that's something that's so important is that it, you, this can happen to anyone. It's not just, like, girls that come from broken homes or whatever. It's not girls with daddy issues. It can happen to anyone. And it's, like, all of a sudden you're, like, so in deep and you don't know how to get out. And it feels like you can't, but you definitely can.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you have any – if there's anyone kind of younger that's listening, do you have any, like, red flags or something that you think people – that may be
1: wondering if they're in a situation can look out for? Um, red flags. Well, <laughs> I think people should definitely look into what gaslighting is, and that's a huge red flag. Um, yeah. And it's just that love shouldn't hurt. Like, if you are, like, crying all the time and you – and that could be just about the way they talk to you, the way they make you feel. Like, the emu- emotional abuse is so real and so – so common I mean one in three women are abused and one in four men are abused in the United States and that's like so many like we all know somebody who is being abused um as it's super common and yeah a red flag I would say is just if you feel bad more than you feel good it's a toxic relationship and you should get out of it
0: yeah I agree um after you got out of that relationship did you need like what did the healing process look like for you I know you said that it wasn't like a breakup but like for yourself and self-care and everything kind of how did that time look like
1: Mm, well I actually really wanted to go on a date (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As weird as that sounds, like I know some, like I wanted to be single for so long. I like prayed and prayed and prayed to just be single because I just wanted to get away from him so bad. Um, but I had no friends in high school because he isolated me all four years. I had no friends. I didn't talk to anyone. Um, and so once I got out of this relationship, like I had nobody, I was, it was just me. I had some friends I made at my beauty school that I was going to. Um, And I started to, like, develop friendships with them. And that was, like, really awesome because I hadn't had girlfriends in so long. Um, And I think that, like, friendship is so important in going through a breakup. And so that helped me a lot. But another thing was I – Three weeks afterward – well, I mean, actually, it was sooner. I got on Tinder because I was like (laughs) – I was like, I want a guy. I didn't want a boyfriend. I was like, what I want is a guy to be nice to me. I want him to say nice things to me. Um, I want to, like, just talk to someone and then decide when I want to stop talking to them. And and I really wanted to just, like, hook up with someone because – I never would have cheated on my ex, like, never, ever, ever would have cheated on him because I was so afraid that he would kill me or kill that person. I would have never, ever done that. Um, mm-hmm. So I was, I felt like sleeping with somebody would be, like, proving it to myself that it was over, like, proving it that, like, I had gotten out, and so I wanted to do that, <laughs> so... I got on Tinder and, you know, I was looking at all the guys and I found this one guy, um, who what I was 19, I was 18, I was about to turn 19 and he was 21 and he was a paramedic and he was a surfer and he was like tall and handsome and had like blue eyes and blonde hair. And I was like, this is the one he's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, and we ended up, um, messaging each other and he invited me to go out to coffee with him, which I thought was so cool. Like I had never gone out to coffee with somebody. (laughs) I felt like I was like this little baby that had like been born into the world. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had never went to coffee with someone and I thought it sounded so cool. And I was like, oh my God, yes, let's go. And he and we went to coffee and we were having a good time and he's like, oh you know some of my friends are getting together because um, one of them just passed their paramedic test and he's like, they're having like a little get together at their house. Like if you want to come and hang out. And I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. And I think this is like the first like party I had ever been to (laughs) Um, because I really like had never done that in high school. And um, it was just like a little house party. And I think it was like the first time I really like had drank socially like that. It was a really nice night because he didn't know that he was taking me on this like I feel like spiritual journey of like healing and just like this little simple date Mm -hmm. that was just me learning that there was so much more out there that I was now able to experience and yeah and then we hooked up (laughs) and so I checked all my boxes for that night
0: (laughs) That's awesome, and i (laughs) I feel like there are times too where it can be very, very helpful or almost healing to do exactly what you did, checking all those boxes to summarize. (laughs) Yeah, so I know that we kind of talked about some of like the harder situations that you've been in and like worst dates, Um, but I guess too best date, not best dates, but like good dates with the Tinder guy. Are there any other uh, like worst dates or best dates that you've been on?
1: Um, Well, coincidentally, <laughs> that Tinder guy actually was my worst date. Oh. And that was what, what ended our little three week thing um, was my 19th birthday was my worst date. He made me super late. Um, He just like had no respect for my time oh. and made us like 30 minutes late to my birthday dinner and he like didn't say happy birthday to me and he like had invited himself to the birthday dinner um and it was just kind of like all in one night all of his true colors and all of his red flags came out and I was like never mind (laughs) and but it was it was also such a great learning process for me because I just told him that I you know oh thanks I was nice meeting you um I had fun, but, you know, I'm not interested anymore. And he was just, like, super respectful and said, "Um, I understand. Like, you know, I I had a nice time, too, and see you later. (laughs) And it was just so nice to finally have a normal breakup. Like, just have someone just be respectful of me saying I'm not interested and just walking away and not making it this big emotionally abusive thing. So – Yeah, it was a really bad date. (laughs) Like he literally took me back to his his mom's house before when we were supposed to be going to the restaurant to meet my family for this birthday dinner. Um, he took me and made me sit there while he did laundry, and I was like, "Oh my god, we're supposed to be at the restaurant." And he's like, "Oh, oh my god," and then he got all weird and was like, "Oh, your mom's not gonna like me now because because you're late because of me." I'm like, "Okay, well that's not my problem. Can you stop (laughs) it?" (laughs) and we go and yeah it was just it was so weird it was a very weird date (laughs) yeah no
0: kidding (laughs) you um mentioned too that you and Michael connected when you were 19 so Mm -hmm. how much did you like date more
1: after this tinder guy or like when did Michael kind of come into the picture so I met um tinder guy like I mean, the week, like two weeks before I turned 19. And then like our relationship ended on my 19th birthday. Um, so then I was just single and like, just hanging out with my friends, taking life day by day. Um, just trying to create like friendships and create this life that I had been like dreaming of for so long. Um, and a guy from my high school, um, ended up snapchatting me or something and we started talking and he this was a guy that I went to high school with that was like popular and um was attractive and was someone that I never thought would ever talk to me and so I was super excited when he snapchatted me and we started talking and he asked me to go on a date with him and we ended up um dating for 6 months and he ended up cheating on me with his ex-girlfriend and breaking my heart. And that was my first time I ever experienced heartbreak. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I dated him for six months. And then it was after I broke up with him that I really went on like healing. Like I thought that the last, the when I broke up with my abusive ex, I thought I was healed and that because I wasn't crying or sad about the breakup that I was fine. And I wasn't at all fine. <laughs> and so after I broke, got cheated on and really hit rock bottom. I went on this spiritual journey and the self-healing journey. And I went to therapy and I really just started to like figure out what my soul wanted and like who I was and who I really wanted to surround myself with and what I wanted my life to become. And I got to a point where I was so happy, like so genuinely happy that I had all these walls that I created Cause I didn't want anyone to disturb my happiness. And um, so when, when I met Michael, I was very hesitant and um, it took a while for him to convince me to really like give him a chance. Like there was a while when I was like, no, like I'm not interested in dating anyone. Cause I did not want to get heartbroken again. Yeah, And so that was an obstacle early on in our relationship. But one of my friends, Emily, um, she actually just told him, I think it was, on my twentieth birthday, so it was towards the end of the year. Um, it was, was when I met Michael. Um, she told him, "Like you need to just give Savannah some time. Like just, just wait. Like she will come around. Like she just takes time." And he was like, "Okay." And he did, and and here we are.
0: <laughs> Everything really does have like its own timing. Yeah. Sense. Uh, yeah. When you were going through that heartbreak with the boyfriend who cheated on you. What really helped you during that time?
1: Well, I hit, like I said, I hit rock bottom and I had graduated beauty school. And so I was just starting to do hair and I was not making any money, like really, because I had literally just started. And so I didn't have any clients. So I had the power to just kind of text the couple clients I had and I canceled them for like two weeks. And I just stayed in bed because I was so low and crying and just didn't know how to handle this I felt like after I had been in that abusive relationship for five and a half years that the universe owed me a good guy that when my next relationship would be a good guy because I had already been with a bad guy for so long I was like there's no way I'm gonna be in another bad relationship (laughs) and so I was completely blindsided like I mean this guy that cheated on me he would write me like these text messages every night when he would go to bed, like goodnight messages that were super sweet, like long messages about how much he loved me and how important I was to him and like pour his heart out. And then literally the next morning um, I was calling him on my way to some class I was going to for esthetician work and he just told me that he didn't love me anymore. And that that he just, like, didn't want to see me anymore. And we were, like, talking about moving in together. We had all these plans. And he just blindsided me. And And then later, his best friend ended up telling me that he actually cheated on me with his ex. And so I just kind of, like, spiraled. And for a while, I didn't know what to do. And a girl that I had gone to high school with actually saw me like tweet some like depressing tweet about me going through this breakup. And she messaged me and she's like, Hey, like, I'm going through a breakup too. I saw your tweet. We should be like breakup buddies. She's like, I have another friend that's also going through a breakup. Like we should all be breakup buddies. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, and the three of us became best friends. And we would all just like Listen to each other and just helped each other heal together and like created this really strong bond and we were best friends for years um one of them I'm not really friends with anymore we kind of just grew apart but the other one Hannah is still my best friend to this day like even that I moved across country we talk every day she was in my wedding um but I think friendship was so important and to just like find somebody that is your person that like they We would get each other out of the house and we would go find, like, events to do, like, on Groupon just to, like, have plans, like, every weekend so we weren't sad every weekend. Um, and it was so healing. And then I had, like, a really strong group of friends for the first time ever. And it was so important. So my biggest dating advice for anyone going through a breakup is definitely to find your people.
0: Yeah. Having that solid group of friends, that's great. Yeah. And that's so that's so nice of her, too, yeah. to see you struggling and reaching yeah, out. Yeah, it was
1: really nice of her.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is kind of an interesting question that I have. Um, but you're the first, like, mom on the podcast, so I wanted to make sure I kind of included this. So with everything that you've gone through with dating and breakups and the abusive relationship and all of that, how do you think – when the time comes that you're going to approach the dating realm when your daughter wants
1: to start dating. So I have thought about this and hear me out. (laughs) My answer is a little different, (laughs) but I'm going to trust her. I plan to be everything for Brynn that I needed growing up. I'm going to speak Mm -hmm. so much light and love into that little girl that she grows up whole and fully understands her worth. I hope she never feels as empty or as alone as I have. (laughs) So I can't control how whoever she decides to date will treat her. She's going to meet a narcissist. She's going to meet a manipulator. She's going to meet liars and cheaters and potential abusers, and I will never be able to control that. It doesn't matter if I... Put a restriction on, oh, you can't date until you're 17 or you can't date until you're 18 or until you move out or whatever, she's got to meet these people. And the only thing I can control is how she views them and how she handles herself and how she carries herself and what core values she has instilled in her. Um, and so that's what will be my approach is more focusing on raising a strong, independent woman who knows when... To walk away from a situation and she knows respect because she sees her dad give it to her mother every day and she sees her mom give it to her dad every day and she knows what love looks like and what respect looks like and what boundaries are and she knows when it's time to walk away and that she will always know that it is okay to ask for help because that's so important
0: yeah yeah wow, you're going to make me tear up. That was really, really nice. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also important too because you're focusing on what you can control yeah. in the situation mm-hmm. rather than trying to over-control yeah. things that are completely out of your own control. Yeah, Strict parents, so, but... sneaky kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, coming from someone who, I mean, I was the firstborn, but my mom was entering new territory mm-hmm. when I became a teenager. And so it was very much... Um, kind of like helicopter parenting for a few years, and she kind of quickly learned that it wasn't going to work. <laughs> like, she needed a new approach. Yeah, yeah that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is one piece of dating advice that you're going to pass
1: down to Brynn? I know you just said like a ton, but is there? <laughs> um, basically, that that it's okay to ask for help. I think that was something that I never really understood, is that I For so long, I felt like I had this huge burden on me because I was being blackmailed. And it's like once I got out of it, if I would have just went to my parents and just asked for help, I would have gotten out of that relationship three years sooner. If I would have just asked anybody for help, um, I could have gotten out of a lot of situations that I've been in in my life. So definitely it's okay to ask for help. And that remaining silent has never done me any favors Mm -hmm. Um, I think those are my top two things
0: yeah I think that's very good advice yeah so knowing everything that you know now and everything that you've gone through I know you just mentioned you know asking for help is okay Mm -hmm. and that's something you wish you um but is there anything that you wish you would have done differently or even something that you could just tell your younger self in terms of dating and what you went through yeah
1: um, if I could go back and tell my fourteen year old self one piece of dating advice, it would definitely be that this pain is temporary. um it would definitely be to ask for help to leave the first the first time he hits you, you leave. there's no <laughs> buts there should never be buts in a relationship um yeah, it's just. To be brave and ask for help because staying silent does you no favors.
0: Yeah, that's really great. Um, Okay, so I always end each episode with a quote about what we talked about. And since today's episode is all about you, do you have any quotes that really resonate with you right now?
1: I do. Um, I looked up some when – Cause I've been listening to your podcast and I (laughs) so this is one that I thought would go good with today's episode. Be brave enough to heal yourself. Even when it hurts.
0: Yeah. I love that. That definitely is perfect for today's episode. Yeah. I think,
1: I think we're all braver than we think we are. And sometimes, um, healing sounds like the scariest thing ever and we avoid it, but the sooner we do it, the, the better.
0: Yeah. No, that's wonderful. I know you've got to head on out and grab Bryn. Mm -hmm. So I'll let you get going. But thank you so much for being on my podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm seriously so happy that you asked me.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that it all worked out. And I feel like you had such amazing stories of strength and overcoming such serious situations. I'm really glad that you were able to share some of those with me today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, did you want to plug any socials?
1: Um, sure. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram. My um handle is Savnuzo, S-A-V-N-U-Z-Z-O, and I also have this little like side passion of mine is um just living naturally and like waste free. Like we use cloth diapers on my daughter and use like cloth napkins in the kitchen. We don't buy paper towels and try and reduce our waste everywhere we can. And I actually started a Facebook group for anyone that wants to like start their journey on that lifestyle. And you can find me on Facebook by searching Naturally New Zone, Natural Lifestyle Made Easy. And we have a really cool community over there where we're sharing easy ways to reduce your waste and your toxic load on your family. And everyone's welcome. It's open to um, all genders and all ages. I will link
0: everything in the podcast description as well. So if anyone wants to check that out, it'll be there. But thank you so much for listening. And again, Savannah, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. If you want to get involved, have feedback, or perhaps your own story you'd like to share, please email me at breakingupwithmikayla at gmail.com, or you can reach out to any of my social media and send me a DM. I'm always looking for future guests, so if you want to save your story for an episode to guest star on, be sure to mention that in your message as well. Don't forget to leave five stars, subscribe, and have a nice day.